Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I've been an officer in our small town since well before I can even remember, but I have never experienced something quite similar to what I did last week. I don't believe in the paranormal or anything of that kind. I never have. But the logic I've been raised to apply cannot begin to explain this. I have never quite seen something as strange. I'm not sure if anybody else has either. You see, there is no rational way to try and explain it or even make it sound plausible, but please bear with me. I need to tell you the story that changed my perspective on my life. At around 8 p.m. we had gotten word from dispatch about a dispute taking place between some college kids. 
Apparently, it had begun as a minor disturbance and soon turned into a full-fledged physical fight. The scene was a good one. Our drive, even if we drove like NASCAR racers. It was taking place at the literal border of our area of jurisdiction, so I was sure that we were going to be plenty late to the party. No other units were available at the time either, except for us, so we got moving. This is precisely why cops get a bad rep for always being late. You know the units nearby are always busy with something for some reason. Gene, my colleague, and I drove as I sat in a seat beside him, looking out the window and listening to my growling stomach. I hadn't eaten lunch that day due to work, and I'm not somebody who can go a long time without eating. At around 8.30, still a rather large distance away from our destination, we stopped at a drive through sandwich place that had come our way. We were going to be late anyway, so stopping for a few moments couldn't possibly hurt. I would not have been surprised if the fight was already over by now, and everybody had just gone home or to the hospital or whatever. I unwrapped my sandwich as Gene resumed the drive. He only had bought an iced coffee despite me telling him to grab something to eat while he had the chance. He had been with me and had not had lunch yet either. My guess was he was not hungry anyway. There we were once again, driving through the empty road in silence. The road had thick trees on either side of it and completely void of people. It was pretty peacefully, actually, minus what it followed. At around 8.50, I noticed something weird out of the ordinary. The road had been straight all this while, but somehow we passed the sandwich shop that we had bought our stuff from once again. I pointed this out to Gene, who stopped and checked. Yes, we had been driving straight on a straight road for the last 20 minutes and somehow traveled in a circle. It was that very same sandwich shop. I told him to put it on his GPS if he doesn't know the way. He reluctantly did, swearing that he had been on this road multiple times and confidently knew the way. Once again, we left the shop behind us and continued the journey. I was rather observant of the outside this time, so when the long road lined with trees opened up to reveal the same shop, I couldn't believe my eyes. Gene had noticed it too and pulled over. He checked his GPS, but sure enough, we were again back at the same place. I couldn't understand it. Even I had driven on this road before, and it was not, and I promise, a circular path in any way. Something wasn't right. As he mumbled in confusion, I explained to him, Please let me drive now. It was 9.10 p.m. already, and he was repeatedly coming back to the same spot. This was not helping us. Looking carefully at the GPS on his phone in front of me, I began to drive. Even though I paid as much attention to the road in front of me as I did to the GPS route, showing me a straight path to the destination, somehow we ended up by the shop yet again. I started freaking out. What is happening here? I looked at Gene, who was clearly as disturbed as I was. I couldn't just radio into dispatch and tell them we were going through some sort of time warp. They would think we're high or on drugs or drunk, so I had to think of something. I got out of the car and went to the owner of the shop. He was an older gentleman in his later sixties, the same one actually who had given me the sandwich. I told him about the weird thing happening with us and asked if somebody else had experienced it before. He was rather hard of hearing, so I had to repeat myself and raise my voice quite a few times. When he finally understood what I was trying to say, he looked clueless and simply shook his head. I walked back disappointed. The conversation had not been fruitful in any way, 
and we drove off yet again, swearing that if the roads somehow led us to the shop once more, I'd finally radio for the backup we needed. Keep in mind that I was plenty creeped out at this point, and so was Jean. At this time, however, the road lined with trees and went on for longer and did not lead us back to the same point. When I saw the connecting roads branching out from the one we were on, I felt a sigh of relief coming on like I never had before. Granted, we reached our scene by 9.50 p.m. and did not see a soul, but honestly, I didn't care. We had somehow been driving a circle on a straight road for over an hour, breaking out that there was more than enough time for me as Jean spoke to dispatch. I set the location in the GPS for the station, rerouting it so we didn't have to take the same path. No way in hell was I going to go through that again. As an officer, I've seen many weird things, but I have always been able to somewhat explain it with reason and logic, irrational thinking, the strange animals, strange shapes, the paranormal, possessed people, people on drugs, gunfights, you name it. People are strange. However, something like this that feels like we were in the twilight zone. I don't know how to describe this. I've looked into this before, and the only thing that comes up is the Mandela effect, which might or might not be part of what I experienced. Either way, it's hard for me to even comprehend and acknowledge that it really happened. The GPS and my memory both are a testament to the linearity of the path we were on, yet we had somehow been looped over and over again, and talk about the Twilight Zone. Let me know what you think. I would love to hear your opinion on what you think happened. From the moment we stepped foot into the forest, an eerie feeling settled over us. The air was thick with an unnatural stillness, and the dense foliage seemed to close in around us, creating a sense of claustrophobia. We pushed forward, driven by equal parts curiosity and ambition. As we delved deeper into the forest, time and space began to play tricks on us. The sun seemed to move erratically across the sky, casting long shadows that danced and swayed in ways that defied all logic. Our compasses spun aimlessly, making navigation nearly impossible. Each step felt like we were treading through a maze that shifted and rearranged itself as we went. It wasn't just the spatial distortions that plagued us. The forest itself seemed alive with an ancient energy. Trees whispered to one another in a language we couldn't comprehend, and the ground beneath our feet pulsated with an inexplicable power. We pressed on, driven by our determination to find the legendary creature and harness its promised abilities. As the days passed, our senses played tricks on us. We heard distant voices and saw fleeting glimpses of figures darting between the trees. Paranoia gnawed at the edges of our minds, but we shook it off, attributing it to the forest's supposed curse. One night, as we camped amidst the tangled undergrowth, we noticed something profoundly strange. The stars above shifted and rearranged themselves, forming patterns and constellations that shouldn't exist. Time seemed to stand still, and we found ourselves caught in a perpetual twilight that blurred the lines between night and day. With each passing moment, our hunt grew more challenging. The forest itself seemed to conspire against us, diverting our paths and leading us astray. We lost all sense of direction and could no longer tell if we were moving deeper into the forest or simply going in circles. Tensions rose within our group as frustration and fear took hold. Some wanted to abandon the hunt and escape the cursed woods, 
but others were adamant about pressing forward, unwilling to give up on the promise of ultimate power. In our desperate pursuit of the legendary creature, we began to question our own sanity. Were the strange occurrences simply a byproduct of our minds playing tricks on us, or was the forest itself alive and malevolent, toying with our very existence? As the days turned into weeks, our supplies dwindled and exhaustion weighed heavily on us. Yet we couldn't bring ourselves to turn back. It was as if the cursed forest had a grip on our souls, refusing to let us go until we either succumbed to its madness or fulfilled our quest. Finally, when we were on the brink of despair, we stumbled upon a clearing bathed in an eerie, ethereal light. There, standing before us, was the legendary creature we had sought, a majestic and enigmatic being that exuded an aura of ancient power. But as we reached out to capture it, the forest roared with fury and the creature vanished before our eyes, leaving us empty, handed and disillusioned. The pursuit of power had brought us to the edge of madness, and we realized that the true curse of the forest was the temptation of greed and ambition. In the end, we abandoned our hunt and made our way back to the outside world, forever changed by our encounter with the cursed forest. The memory of that elusive creature and the twisted reality of the woods would haunt our dreams, a constant reminder of the price we almost paid for the allure of power. From that day forward, we vowed to heed the warnings of ancient legends and respect the boundaries between the natural and the supernatural, for some treasures were better left untouched. I was staying at my uncle's house in India in the country for the summer. He was gone for the summer, so I was house-sitting. A lot of weird shit happened over those couple months. And I have no explanation. Weirdest of them all was the one I'm about to tell you. It was monsoon season, so the power was going out a lot. He'd had a room situated in the back of the house on top of a garage I was staying in. It was not connected to the house, so I didn't have an inverter. So on to the story, one night the heavy wind came around night and the power went with it. So I decided to go into the house and go to the room that had power. No act, but a fan is better than nothing. At the time, I had a set of DVDs of The Sopranos and was watching it on my laptop. Shit still gives me the freaks. But I went into house, locked the door behind me, went into the room, turned on the fan, and then the light. The light turned on and then flickers and burns out. I didn't give anything to that because I had this huge flashlight with me anyways. So I go to the bed and turn on The Sopranos. Sopranos is a really good show, so my mind was completely focused on that. Nothing could bother me, but then, out of nowhere, I heard something I have no answer for. Somebody or something was in the house. Sounded like the smacking of slippers on your feet while somebody walks around. It happened right across the room's door, too, so it scared the shit out of me because I thought somebody might have gotten inside. But I remember locking the doors, so I was confused. Took my flashlight and decided to go with the sword in the room and yelled saying, Whomever is to there, come out. You got one chance. Nothing but silence and the sound of the fan from my room. Remember, this is India. Robberies happen quite a bit out in the village and people will kill you. That's no joke, so I was scared to death. As I'm about to leave the room, I hear the fridge in the kitchen turn on and the power's back. And the house was completely empty. Also, the doors were still locked. Still have no idea what that was. But after this strange shit started to occur, like faucets running in rooms that I wasn't using. But I also don't believe in this stuff, so it never really bothered me afterwards, because the power did go out again the next couple of days, and I went back to that room still.
I am an avid, avid outdoorsman, and I have a few stories for you folks that are from my past experiences. I'm going to start with one from a few years ago. I was on a hunting trip with my dad on some land I owned in a very desolate part of a neighboring county perfect right. Well, here's what happened. We get to the access road, albeit was more of a logging trail from days gone by, but my 4x4 can handle it. So we get to the stopping point of the access and park the truck. I'm getting ready to get out when Dad decides we need to stay at the truck for a bit. He said something along the lines of not having a flashlight when, in reality, he wanted a bit more sleep fine, whatever, right? After about 30 minutes, I couldn't wait anymore. So I woke him up and we proceeded to get ready. Dad had just put his gun over his shoulder when we heard a blood-curling scream off in the distance that put us both on edge. I was ready to leave, but Dad talked me into going on our way. He assumed it was just a bobcat or a fox. I was nervous, but I was also carrying a 36 with 220 grain loads and a 45, so I figured I could handle myself if need be, plus Dad was armed as well. So we head out and we made about a 400 yard hike when we saw it. It being a deer with its entire throat ripped out and blood everywhere we quickly but carefully left the area guns down and loaded. I have personally seen coyotes attack a deer and going for the throat isn't there while they go for the quarters and drag a deer down. The only thing we can come up with is a big cat of some sort, although mountain lions no longer live in the area due to overhunting, or at least that's what we have always understood to be true. I don't believe in Bigfoot or the like, but moments like that really make you wonder. While working on the Raceland Rail facility, I had gotten stuck in a patch of mud after some light rain the day before. I was surprised that the mud was different from the rest of the dirt road and went back to investigate why I got stuck. Upon walking to the mud patch, I noticed something that didn't belong. Sticking up out the mud was huge bone. Its color was something I knew just a gut instinct was human. I collected it up and reported it to the company's safety, saying that I believe it was human and, uh, upon a quick Google search, deemed it highly likely to be a human femur bone. After a couple of days, I was curious as to why police never showed up and if it was turned over to the proper authorities. He said he just chucked it out his buggy on the way to the foreman's office. Said it would have seriously delayed the project and that the bayous held a bunch of mysteries. Said that the reason the mud was so soft was that they had dump trucks bring in more filled dirt to level the road and that a bunch of bodies go missing into the bayou. I was shaken as I was not from the area and torn between my morals and wanting to make it home in one piece. There was a bunch of stories of people working there tied into the Mafia and people finding bodies in the bias all the time. Even once had a neo-Nazi come up to my work truck to explain that there was a gas line not marked via traditional GPS surveys. I told him I wasn't the guy and that the office was down the road a bit. I called my mom for advice and she said that I had to do what I have to just to make it home for my wife and kids. In July 1968, my family and I were living in a small town west end of Montrose County called Uravan, Colorado. In the early morning, I was awakened by the barking of a family dog named Tippy outside my bedroom window. Tippy never really barked unless someone or something was in a yard that wasn't. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Supposed to be. I remember waking up out of dead sleep and hearing Tippy constantly barking and wondering why my older brother who's sleeping bunk above and my parents sleeping in the bedroom joining ours weren't telling Tippy to quit. Finally, I had enough of it and decided to turn over in my bed and look out the window myself. When I did, I couldn't believe what saw. There it was a small circle ship with its landed gear down and hatch with stairs fold down to the ground. Next to the ship were green lizard, like beings. Their eyes were bright yellow and some tanks were on their backs and another bag. They didn't have fingers but had web hands that looked like a bow and arrow. Their body was thin and scaly, their legs were also thin and their feet had V-shaped toes. I remember thinking to myself this was some kind of hunting party because my dad was a bow hunter himself and that kind of gave me the idea. I could tell they were searching for something. Then another alien came off the ship. It was much bigger than the others and seemed to give the others orders. Tippy again began her barking and the alien close to our house seemed to be upset with her barking. I could see it looking over at Tippy and it started walking over to her. I then jumped off my bed and headed into my parents' room to wake my mother up. I remember how hard it was to wake her. She acted like she was on a heavy drug or something. I couldn't get her to wake up. Finally was able to get her up and told them something was going on outside and that it was going hurt Tippy. She was still not awake and was sluggish. My mother followed me to my bedroom. Once there, I showed what I was seeing outside. I don't know what they did to my mom, but she couldn't see them. All she wanted to do was sleep. Finally, my mother got up from my bed and told me to crawl to the other side of my bed, away from the window. I did what I was told. The last thing remember before going to sleep was looking over in the closet where the window cast light on my clothes and saw two of the lizard beings trying to look in the window. No other sound came from Tippy. My mother wasn't drinking or taking anything that would cause sedation. I firmly believe they did something to the family to make them sleep. It just didn't work on me. In the morning, the first thing I did was to run out and check on Tippy and my PGs. Sure enough, she was lying in the front yard waiting for kids to come to play with her. She acted like nothing had happened the night before. I was 12 years old at the time, and the memory is etched in my conscience. It was not a dream or hallucination. I have included an image of what the lizard people looked like. 
Interestingly enough, on the same night my mother passed away in 2016, she asked me if I had remembered seeing the lizard people in their ship in our yard in Colorado. That was the only time she acknowledged witnessing the incident. I had heard the rumors about the cursed forest, a place where time itself seemed to bend and space twisted and changed. It was said to be home to a legendary creature that held the power to grant unimaginable abilities to anyone who could capture it. The allure of such power was too tempting for our group of hunters to resist, and so we ventured into the heart of the cursed woods, determined to track down this elusive and powerful being. Thirty-five years ago, I was perched in a valley tree stand during archery season in a tract of hardwoods near my parents' home. This tract bordered on of the state's largest mental health hospitals. Growing up in the area, U.S. kids would build forts, etc. in the woods surrounding the hospital and occasionally run into patients who wandered off the hospital property, as it had no fences. Most of the folks were harmless, but this facility did house a number of folks who were truly disturbed. Anyway, getting back to being perched in the tree stand one evening, I got that strange sensation of being watched. That feeling proved to be correct as I saw a figure moving through some thick brush on the hillside about 100 yards in front of me. Thinking it to be just be one of the wanderers, I didn't pay it any mind for a few minutes. Upon just beginning to relax, I was again overwhelmed with that feeling. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw a man walking on the storm sewer cut behind me about 60 yards. He was wearing sweatpants, typical of the hospital patients, and a blue flannel button. Down top. I wasn't sure if he had seen me or not, but I had a feeling that this man wasn't one of the harmless patients as he began to pace back and forth along a 30-yard length of the cut, speaking and cursing loudly to no one, bawling his fists and hissing, spitting like a cat. It was getting close to sundown, so I thought it best to climb down and slip out of the woods, knowing I had a steep hill climb back to the house and didn't want to alert this man to my presence. As he was between me and my way out, I waited until he had walked in the direction away from me, lowered my bow and pack, climbed down, and started to do a long loop up and slightly around the hill in front of me. I dropped out of the woods against a pasture field, crested a short rise, and was surprised by the same man sitting on a fallen tree, massaging his bare feet with no shoes anywhere in sight. I remember thinking there's no way that guy could get here before I did. I was stuck and had no choice but to go by him. As I approached him, he looked up at me with eyes like Vincent D'Onofrio's character in the bathroom scene in full metal jacket. As casually as I could, I said hello and kept walking by. As I passed, he asked me if I was in the army and on maneuvers. I said no and kept on walking. Behind me he hissed loudly and that put a hop in my step. I went about 100 yards before looking back behind me. The man was gone from the fallen tree, although I didn't know which direction he had gone. I double-timed it up the hill and out of the woods towards home. Spooked me enough that I didn't go back there anymore that year and not long after the land was sold and a housing development sprouted up. While the man may have been harmless, his actions and me being an 18-year-old kid at the time still make the hair stand up on my arms as I type this. Went hiking at this shitty state park in East Texas. First of all, you drive down this long dirt road past the cemetery where they're having funerals. 
Then, when you finally find the unmarked parking lot, you can see the buzzards all over. Walk down to the lake and the smell of rotting dead animal is overpowering. Buzzards everywhere. Bones everywhere. Finally, you can hear the ranch nearby upstream shooting and I put it all together. These assholes were shooting varmints and throwing them in the part of the river or creek that would wash them into the lake. The carcasses would eventually wash on shore and rot or be eaten by buzzards. Buzzard shit, rotten meat, and bones everywhere. Not really a hiker, but I live in the woods and occasionally you see weird shit. You'd be shocked at how often bucks will try to jump or run through a tree at full gallop with two shoots from one root. Think a V-shape and instantly break their neck or get stuck with their horns past the tree but can't squeeze out. They either die immediately and are propped up by the tree or slowly starve in that position. The bottom line is it's not exactly rare to stumble across what looks like a rotting deer standing between two trees, especially along paths, uh, game trails where predators will chase them. Another fun, creepy thing with deer, that's probably related to the above is chronic wasting disease. Mad cow E C J D for deer. I swear, it literally turns deer into walking zombies with giant wounds showing internal organs, rotting necrotic tissue, growths hanging off them, milky eyes, etc. In other words, the full animal zombie experience. It's incredibly infectious without predators to cull them, so it's affecting whole herds of deer. If you decide to Google it, do it on an empty stomach. Seriously, it's that nasty. I've heard stories and seen videos of bucks literally bashing their heads to pulp on rocks until they're dead. It rots their brain and weakens them so much they just kind of go on autopilot and do all kinds of context inappropriate deer things. I was camping in Rock Quarry the night before we were going to rock climb. The kids were shooting a bottle rockets in the quarry for about an hour. Then we were all standing around fire just talking when all of a sudden this loud scream came from the top northwest side of the quarry. At fist we just stood there looking at each other, kind of wondering what in the world, what just screamed. I asked John, my friend who has been an avid outdoorsman his whole life, if he had ever heard something like that before, and he said he didn't know what it could be. Then there was another scream, but it was more intense and it seemed closer this time. At this point, my oldest son went and locked himself in my pickup truck. The screaming went on for a good ten minutes at least. We were just standing there by the fire, amazed at what we were hearing. I had been videoing the boys with my camcorder, and I didn't even think to turn it on at all. I wish I would have now. The screaming finally ended, and we didn't know what it was, and just kind of talked for a while longer and went to bed. Later on, I awoke to hear some far-off screams, and then they ended, and I fell back asleep. We really never talked much about it after that until one night I was listening to some of the Bigfoot sounds on your page, and when a certain sound came up, the hair on my neck stood up. It was the exact same sound we heard that night in the rock quarry. To verify that I was hearing what I was hearing, I went and woke my son up and told him to come listen to this sound on the computer. I also told him not to look at the computer, but just listen to see if he recognized the sound. I clicked on the sound, and my son, after listening, immediately said, That's what we heard when we went camping at Rattlesnake. And that pretty much confirmed it for me. My opinion is, it was Bigfoot. I have hunted and been in the woods my whole life, and have never heard something like that before, or probably will again. I regret not taping the sound, but 
who was to know? But I definitely believe. In the heart of Afghanistan, nestled amidst rugged mountains and sweeping valleys, lies a small village that time seems to have forgotten. The air carries the scent of ancient traditions and the echoes of prayers whispered in the wind. Mud, brick houses line the narrow, dusty streets, and the sound of children's laughter fills the air, punctuated by the clucking of chickens and the bleating of goats. Life in this village had always been simple its people bound by the timeless rhythms of their daily routines. But fate had a sinister plan in store for them, lurking beneath the layers of history and tradition. One fateful day, as the villagers went about their chores, an unsuspecting soul struck upon something buried deep within the earth. The ground yielded a relic from the past, an object lost to time. Little did they know, that disturbing this ancient artifact would unleash an unspeakable horror upon their lives. With each passing moment, a dark presence took hold, spreading like a malevolent disease. The villagers, once peaceful and harmonious, became possessed by another worldly force. Madness consumed them, turning neighbor against neighbor, brother against brother. In the blink of an eye, the village descended into a maelstrom of violence and bloodshed. Meanwhile, in a quiet corner of America, a Navy SEAL named Hunter found solace in a game of pool within the confines of his barracks. The clatter of balls colliding and the occasional burst of laughter provided a temporary respite from the chaos of the world. Little did he know that his life was about to take a treacherous turn. In the midst of his game, Hunter was abruptly summoned by his captain. Without hesitation, he set aside his pool cue and hurriedly made his way to the captain's office. A covert operation awaited him. One that would test his skills, bravery, and resilience like never before. Hunter and his team of eight elite Navy SEALs were deployed on a secret mission deep within a war, torn region. Under the ominous cover of a lunar eclipse, they ventured into the heart of darkness, unaware of the horrors that awaited them. As the moon cast an eerie crimson hue upon the land, they approached the seemingly abandoned village. An unsettling silence hung in the air, broken only by the distant howls of the wind. Cautiously, they stepped forward, their senses heightened and weapons at the ready. Suddenly, from the shadows, a horde of possessed villagers emerged. Their eyes glowed with a feral hunger, their movements erratic and devoid of humanity. The seals opened fire, their bullets ripping through the air, but the onslaught seemed unending. For every villager they brought down, more appeared, driven by an insatiable thirst for blood. Amidst the chaos, Five of the seals valiantly sacrificed their lives, falling to the relentless onslaught. The remaining members of the team sought refuge within the shelter of nearby houses, their hearts heavy with grief and their minds filled with the horrors they had witnessed. Trapped within a nightmarish battleground, the surviving seals fought with every ounce of their strength, their tactical expertise pushed to its limits. But against overwhelming odds, the outcome seemed bleak. One by one, they succumbed to the possessed villagers, leaving only hunters standing in the wake of the devastating battle. As dawn broke, casting its pale light upon the shattered village, Hunter emerged, battered and broken. The weight of loss hung heavy upon his shoulders, and he called in for reinforcements, his voice heavy with sorrow and regret. The sacrifice of his fallen comrades weighed heavily on his soul, a testament to the horrors they had faced.
My husband and I used to live near a nature preserve in our city. One day we were hiking one of the trails and ended up off trail on another dirt road that soon became overgrown. Then we started seeing doll heads, randomly hanging or nestled in the trees and little figurines. It was weird as shit. It was weird as shit. A few years later we were on another trail that required us to walk down someone's driveway to access it. An elderly couple was driving by in their car and stopped to say hi. The wife mentioned whenever the grandkids visit they have scavenger hunts in the woods that her husband hides little toys for them to find. Their property backed up perfectly with the trail we found several years before. They were a sweet couple, but I still thought it was creepy of randomly stumbling upon them. I'm a hunter, but seeing as I spend a huge amount of time hiking through moose country both hunting and scouting, I figure I'm technically a hiker as well found a big bull moose carcass very obviously shot and left to rot possibly poached so we reported it to the game wardens it might not be as grotesque or scary as some of these other stories but it pisses me off how pathetic do you have to be to simply shoot an animal and leave it to rot you took its life you have a duty to it to not let its death be in vain also while hiking through an old logging slash i saw a pale pink thing out in front of me I figured it was probably a gut pile from a previously killed moose, so I obviously went to investigate the kill site out of curiosity. I walk up to the thing, and I find out that it's actually a decently large toy horse. What the fuck is this doing all the way out here? I poked it with my rifle and picked it up, and while the side that was exposed to the sun was pale, the other side was a dark red maroon color. 